With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And it's actually time for Purple Access. Judd Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist, executive producer Declan Goff, uh, sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing. You got to check it out. If you have not, if you're Chipperai, you probably drink a Surly every weekend. And so you are well aware that it's the best beer in town. And also by our friends at TCL TV. Enjoy more. Enjoy the big game. I can't say the name because it's an advertisement. Enjoy the big game on Sunday with a Surly Chipper and on a TCL TV, and you'll have a perfect day. Every weekend? <laughs> you're okay. going to say every day. I was going to say more often than that. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about, Judd? I enjoy a surly. I ain't waiting till Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hey, that's good stuff. And of course, the surly furious is where it's at. Okay, Chip Scoggins, we've got um, the Super Bowl on Sunday. And then I guess more importantly, if you're the Vikings, that means that at some point next week, Kevin O'Connell can be introduced as the head coach. Shortly after that, we're going to also get, I would imagine, an announcement of, I think, the next hire I'm most curious about, defensive coordinator. Now, there there have been reports that it might be, I think it was a couple days ago, one of three guys, and then a report from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who we knew from his Pioneer Press Days, Chipper, uh, mm-hmm. surfaced yesterday that uh, that longtime D.C. and longtime defensive assistant in the National Football League, Ed Donatel, uh, who is, I think, around 60 or so in, in his 60s, that he was going to get the position. Your your um, excitement, <clears throat> curiosity, pick your own word for the Vikings defense and the direction that it's going to go. Yeah, I just looked it up uh, before he came on here, and I think Donatel is 65. 65, okay. um, According to Wikipedia. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, sorry, I think I was muted there. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, Judd, is O'Connell interviewing these guys this week during the Super Bowl week? I have no idea. I mean, I would imagine that he's involved by Zoom, right? Chipper, you there? Hold on. Hang on. Okay. There you go. Oh, we had you. Hey, there you are. There you are. You're back? There you are. You're back? All now right, I can back. hear you. Now we're back. Yeah, so now we're so, back. So uh, is, he, is he interviewing these guys during the, during the Super Bowl? I would guess I would... I would guess that that there's a Zoom component, probably. Like, like I'm sure that he's talking to them now. Is he spending a long time in the process? I would guess no. 
but he's got to be yeah. involved. And and I, I would think that they all have to be people that he knows, right? Yeah. Well, I, I do wonder if during his interview process, you assume he said, hey, here's yes. uh, X, X number of guys that I would – And then, Qua- then Quasey uh, is probably doing a lot of the interview work uh, for him too, I would think, right? Some of the vetting and sure. – You know, because um, I got to imagine – John McVay is going to want his full focus on the Super Bowl and not interviewing people who's going to be on his staff. Yeah. Um, but but it does if it's Donatel, um, it does fit the profile of what we talked about last week, right? That you you're more likely to see a veteran coach, a guy who's done it, be in that position. Um, because with a first time head coach who's 36, you probably don't want a first time defense coordinator who's young who's, who really hasn't uh, had that job, and so. Um, you know, I mean, I, I won't pretend to know a lot about Donatel other than he's done it a long time, and I know he's with the Packers. Uh, early what? Early two thousand was he was was he the DC uh, on the, fourth the Philadelphia fourth and twenty six? Got him yeah. fired. Yeah, that's what it, I thought it was. It yeah. got him fired. It's a yes, long time ago, John. It's a long yes, time ago. Yes, he was. <laughs> um, but to me, I, I'm I'm curious um, because I. I I've read that a lot of the guys they've looked at are three, four coordinators. Yes. And Donatel and... ran, ran that with, um, with Fangio in Denver this past year. They're all yeah. three, four guys. So, I mean, that leads you down the road that this is uh, what um, O'Connell wants. And it'd be interesting to see how their personnel matches up with that. I agree completely. I am, I am, Super curious about that and, and how, yeah. how guys are potentially used. Um, and the, the thing, too, though, Chip, is un, unlike when we were kids, if you played a 3-4 back then, you played a 3-4. Now you yeah. play a 3-4 sometimes. Then you might have a four-man front, and then you might have a two-man front. Yeah. So so um, I do think that it would be a marked change. Like, like it would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. But it's different than what it used to be because uh, – Defenses now are so multiple compared to what they yeah. used to be as well. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the definitions has gotten blurred a lot. I mean, it's just, heck, I think even Zimmer talked about messing around with some of that, those concepts too, when he was here. And um, But, I, you know, to me, I'm just curious, you know, as I sit here and think about their defense, who's going to be left? Like, who, if you go down there – um Daniel Hunter I think he's going to be here but you have to get the the you know contract worked out yep the two tackles I mean are you going to bring both of the high-priced tackles back I mean I think probably right who's your other yeah, uh, defense in I mean Barr's not coming back are you at I would assume Kendricks is coming back but um that'll be you know that'll be interesting to see how they approach that. So I, I'm just kind of curious, like one, what that scheme's going to look like, but even more so who the heck's going to be your core guys. That's a great question. That that's a great question with your veterans across the board. Right. Like there's a, yeah. I, I mean, somebody, some people have to go. There's no way yeah. that, that, that you can just, I don't see a desire with a new GM and coach to run this back. So so I Plus, think just, a, just to, yeah, just to interject, if if these reports are right, and it's not just a smokescreen to increase uh, Cousins' value, 
if he's back, then some guys are going to have to go. I mean, absolutely. Just, the money is not going to work. And I, you know, I've heard conflicting, um, not reports. I've heard conflicting opinions is the best word on if Kendricks would fit in well to a three, four, his contract. Like I could see him gone Hunter. I would think that you would do everything possible to keep, but it's an issue. Um, Pierce and Tomlinson, do they both stay? I would guess that one might, but both might not. So like, yeah, I, I mean, there, there is, I, I continue to say this. I am so interested in what they're going to do, because I still think that, that this is going to be one of the most interesting springs and summers from a Vikings yeah. perspective that we have seen in years, because there are going to be a lot of things that, that a new GM, new coach, and by the way, by extension, new executives from a football yeah. op standpoint, decide that they, they want to go as far as directionally. And Jeff, we, you know, we've talked so much about cousins, this contract, but let, let's focus on Daniil. He lost, he's lost. I mean, last year I thought he had a ton of leverage. He obviously lost a lot this, this year by, with the injury. Yes. But in his mind and his agent's minds, do you think that they agree with that? No. When they go looking for a, a deal? No. I mean, you think they're still going to want to be in that premier, uh, I don't want to say Joey Bosa, but, um, you know, are they going to want to be one of the highest paid defensive ends right now after two seasons that are disrupted? I think the answer is yes. Don't you? Probably. Now, whether they can come off that and they can find mutual ground, um, that's a different story. I think they they should because, it, you know, it's, it's complicated. You know, obviously he's he's a star. Right, he's when he's healthy and on the field, he's your best defense, and he's he plays a premier position in the NFL right now, Correct. and everybody's looking for guys like him, and so there's a value that comes to that, but this the the injury situation has made this thing so complicated, and the way they structured that deal, it basically it basically just said, hey, let's get back together again next year and figure this. I'm out. I'm trying to find that right now. Yes, because that that's it, exactly right. Um, okay, so here's the, the bonus is due win. Um, an $18 million bonus is due for him on the fifth day of the league year this year. So, so five days in, into March, I believe the first day, if I'm not mistaken, of the league year for 2022 is March 16th. So the bonus would be due approximately March 21st. At that time, at that time, the Vikings will have to make the decision to either pay him roughly $20 million in 22, release him, or come to terms on a, a another rework contract. I don't see, much like with Kirk, I don't think they're going to just pay up. I think it's going to, to be probably a release slash trade of some sort and or probably preferably for them, a rework contract. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I. To me, I think it's. I'd rather keep it. Most, oh, gotcha. The the most obvious, um, you know, the most obvious path is, is to to rework him, get the five year deal, still make him, you know, very well paid. But I just don't know if he's going to be in the same ballpark that he would have been that he wanted last year because I think, I just I, I think they have to be realistic. You know, I mean, do you like think they're going to be though? Chip? I, I just don't see I, him being I, I realistic. Don't know. I don't know. 
Like if, if the neck was if the neck was the problem again, I think they'd be in big trouble. Oh yeah, yeah. but it's not. And and mm-hmm. he was playing, and he looked fine, and and then suffered a completely separate injury. And so I don't think that the Daniel Hunter camp is going to come back and say, "Well, it's been two years." I think they're go- going to point to bad luck. Uh, I think yeah. that they're, but he is, he remains a dominant player, and he's so damn good. And you're you're right, it's a premium spot. Like it's not like, well, he's a nice player, but he plays linebacker, running safety. Back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are disposable yeah. positions. This one is one where it's so damn hard to find a, a guy. So I, I think that the, I honestly think to me, this is the toughest decision that the Vikings are going to have, have to make. Cause I think it's more difficult than Kirk Kirk. I'd be like, okay, he's gone. Daniil, I would not want to just say you're gone. Yeah. I think um, to me, this one's, I, I think it's pretty, I don't think it's as complicated as Kirk's um, because it's not as important as quarterback. and. Um, the position, and I do think th- they'll they'll be negotiating. It happens all the time. They'll mm-hmm. you know they'll ask for the moon. And the, the Vikings will try to lowball it, and they'll find somewhere. I think it always Robertsinski will come up with a number that that works, and then they'll get that one done. Um, so, I, but I do think um, you know that is item number two on the list after you get done with um, Kirk. And then you figure out, then you go to, you know, the Thielens, Kendrickses, Harrison Smiths, those guys to see um, how they fit, mm-hmm. you know, how they're, how they're, how they fit both salary age and, uh, and then just where they are as players. But I, I just, the next thing that I'm really want to, to see, and I'm curious um, how it begins to unfold is defense philosophy there. Because mm-hmm. the, the thing about O'Connell and what, what the Vikings, I think, are going to do offensively, because they certainly have the skilled position guys, I, I think that the offense was just flat out, especially in 2021, Chip, mismanaged. Um, yeah. and, and so I think that there's a lot of things that, that you can do as far as looks, as far as philosophies that can fix that, and and it can be – it can be it can go from being statistically good for individual stats to to being effective far far more often once you get past the scripted plays. The defense was at a place where it was it's just aging, you know, there there's mm-hmm. and look, Mike's when Mike had his fastball on defense, it was damn good. Like it was fun yeah. to watch. But he had sort of lost the fastball, and they kept trying to bring guys back, and that's where I think you're really going to have to make a lot of changes. Yeah, it felt like uh, a uh, boat with a hole in the bottom that you were trying to patch with duct tape. Yeah, and let, let's just keep bringing veteran guys in here. If we can just get better, there. Patrick Peterson. And it just, you know. it just mis- it was mismanaged, and um, I, you know, I sit here and think about it, and I I feel like I've just kind of been beating on this drum for so long, but it's like. Judd, I just don't see – you want that core in that 22 to 26-year-old range where you're – okay, you're building around these guys. Who is that on defense? Like, who are you building around on defense? Um, like, offense, offense – Yeah, okay. no, I'm trying to think you're, of young – I'm trying to think of, of, of young guys. On their actually, defense? They don't – Actually, you bring up a great point. And this is one of the things that we're not talking about – 
enough, but I think is going to be among the most interesting things. And to a certain point, might vindicate Rick Spielman a bit in 2022. And it's this. This past year's draft class. Yeah. Like, what about it? They were held hostage for the most part. Like, they were not allowed. When you have that many third-round picks who are not allowed to contribute, they were, and don't don't say, oh, they they weren't prepared to play. Every You basically were yeah. saying the entire thing, aside from what, Chipper? Derisaw, Cam Bynum. Um, yeah. To your to your question or your point, who are you going? What young players are you going to embrace and build around? Um, Adolfo Mensa and O'Connell are sort of going to be handed a secondary draft class of see what they got because we sure as hell don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I think you know as long as 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 long as the Neil gets signed, I think he's he's you know the guy you build around. And then what? I mean, Kendricks is a nice player. He's an all-pro player, but aging. Um, but he's aging. I mean, yeah, like Smith. four years. I, I'd said this. I threw this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Like, go through that too deep on defense. Yeah, and project out four years from now. Four years—that's not a long time, but four years. Who on this defense do you think will be slam dunk core contributors? Ooh, yeah, I said Daniel. And yeah, we talked about this. I mean, you know, I, I, ho- I mean, Cam Bynum, maybe I ho- don't know. Hopefully, Dantzler. Hopefully, but I don't know. But Boy, I mean, he's a higher weird. draft pick. Is he? A, is he a slam dunk? Oh I hell mean, no! Is, well, Cam DJ Bynum want him a slam dunk? No, I mean, Cam Bynum's not. I mean, I I liked what I saw, but I saw it in such limited doses. And, and, and that's like, what I'm saying. Is like we're just talking four years. We're not talking well, about Chip in four years. If if Daniel Hunter gets hurt. One more time, you might just say, "Okay, this ain't gonna." Like at some point in time, the the wear and tear, especially since it started with a neck yeah. problem, the wear and tear is going to become too much yeah. to be like, "We'll bring you back." So in four years, but I would this say, I would say not injuries. Back. Yeah, I would say let's not forget injuries because that can well, happen at all the time, you know. But but just in terms of like age, salary, and production right now, and 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 future production projecting, see. like. I think four years from now, Daniel will still be a, a terrific pass rusher, right? Four years uh, from now, Kendricks, Harrison he'll 30, Smith. He'll be 31, so yeah, he should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But it's like oh, they no, don't no. have no. – they do not have, because of missed draft picks, that they just don't have that 22 to 26-year-old, 25-year-old group that you're building around. And so – and you can't fix that in one draft. No, <laughs> you know, hell so no. this is this is – it's going to take – I think a couple years to replenish that defensive talent. Um, yeah. In addition to, you know, if you're, if you're changing completely new schemes and all that. Right. But that's fine. I, I have zero problem. I, I mean, th- this team, this roster needs work. Like there's no question mm-hmm. about it. it. It is. It's got some young players, but the questions are this, especially to your point, defensively, did they contribute? And when you look at the veteran core, it is aging out right now. Um, no, I, I, in my opinion, if if I had to predict or say what I hope that Quazy said when they when they sat down and talked to him about this job, I hope he said, "Hey guys, your expectation that 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 we can win 
um, consistently in 2022 is misguided. Like, I don't, can they, can they get better? Can they be more of a team? Absolutely. But that's the thing is Vikings fans think because games were close in 21, that this team, like if, if Zim had just been a better coach, the team would be fine. That's not true. This roster has problems, which is the thing. Yeah. and, And that's the thing is like, um, I think we uh, have a tendency to obsess over the top six players and not look at the entire 53. Yes. And then, and then also look at um, just the close games, but, but I, you know, guess what? NFL games are close. All games are close. That's just how the NFL is. It's like, right. even, even bad teams play close games. And so you can really, uh, you know, get a false sense of security by saying, oh, they were the Bengals. They should have beat the Bengals. You know, they're in the Super Bowl. They should have won that game. If, if Dalvin hadn't fumbled. Well, you can play that game all day, but it you're not really taking a deep, uh, serious look at your personnel on defense if you're if you're if you're gonna think that that defense as it was constructed is close to anything. I mean it's, I, it's not and I will give you uh from this past season an inexcusable loss that actually can't be pinned on the defense the cleveland loss i believe you came down and scored scripted plays um and your offense went dormant at home against the browns on a day that baker mayfield was injured and awful terrible Um, yeah but but i mean that's a close game but if you point to well the Bengals game look at that game and then arizona the kicker cost us okay the browns lost inexcusable inexcusable a home game that you should have, have won. Like, and that's the thing is people don't want to examine um, the reason why Rick and, and Mike for sure, but Rick was, was uh, fired is because of losses like that. And what didn't you do right? And so I am very much prepared for, for this team to begin to reset its roster. And I, and look, mm-hmm. they, they should, they should. But I think anybody who, who says, well, 22, I mean, I have expectations. Put them away. Don't have expectations. It's yeah. gravy if you're successful. Yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, it's, I don't really, I wouldn't, if you sit here and said, what's their record going to be next year? It's like, well, who's their quarterback? You know, it's, it's hard to know, like, what, what your expectations should be until you start seeing move pieces around. Um, but, I, you know, you look at their individual talent on offense and, it's good enough that the sky is not going to fall on this franchise, right? I mean, I just can't see the individual talent they have on offense that this thing's going to bottom out. It depends. The answer to that question, I believe, depends on this. And we have no idea at this point. How much change are they planning? And are they planning to take a year of short-term hurt for potentially the greater good? So, like, like the one In thing In what we way, you mean with... I, quarterback I mean, or just overall? I, I mean the quarterback. I mean veterans. Cause because you yeah. could jettison a lot of guys. Like, well, yeah, that like you could flat out say, call Ziggy, call Mark, and call Justin Jefferson and flat out say, guys, this year's gonna suck. But you know what? Because it sucks, we're going to be able to turn a corner quicker. Because I don't think that this this team is going to become the Lions. Like I don't think there's long term no. hurt, but I could see a year of saying, let's just cut bait with, with these guys right now, and we will go into 23 
with more cap room and ability to spend then we know what to do with it'll be great i'm just yeah that's a possibility that is a possibility i mean it would fly in the face of what mark uh will told us that first day but but it as they get through it and start picking it apart with quasi and he says guess what guys this is the best or i I know you're not going to like getting rid of this player or getting rid of that player because they're you know they're they're poor guys and popular guys and good players and they have a track record here but um, if he sells them on the notion that this is the plan and this is the best path forward, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll agree with him. In the words of one <laughs> Craig Leopold, after Chuck Fletcher <laughs> was dismissed as GM of the Wild, all we need are some tweaks. And yeah. what do we all say? You're crazy. You're you crazy. More than tweaks. Yeah. And and if Fenton hadn't got fired, he was destroying in a good way, or I I should say dismantling. Better word. He was dismantling the roster. Um, if you think that the Vikings need some tweaks, which some do, you're wrong. They yeah. need substantial, and and that's what they should. I mean, this sport, Chipper, this sport is the poster child for you don't run it back. Yeah, we learned that. We yeah, did. I mean, it's 2010, it's... And, and we were both wrong. Like, we both thought, oh, good. They're going to bring people back. It'll be another great year. And we learned very quickly that was one of the dumbest assumptions I've ever made about a sports yeah well because the nfl is never static and yep you you know brad childress had that saying that you know we heard so much we probably roll our eyes but it's 100 percent true every season stands on its own merit and it's it's if you think just because something happened last season and you can bring back the same pieces or most of the same pieces and you're either going to be the same or build on it or you can't assume what happened last year is going to uh, play out this year. I mean, it, you know, it just doesn't work that way. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's what we've said from the beginning. It's like, they're going to have to take a honest look. And that's why I said they needed a fresh, to me, that was the whole thing about Spielman. I mean, the Zimmer uh, answer was easy, right? Yes. But with, with the Spielman thing is like, you need a fresh perspective, unemotional, unbiased, coming here, and have no, I mean, literally be a blank canvas and, and just yeah. say, this is what I think, this is what I think of your roster. Um, and, and let that person deal with it accordingly. And so I, I'm curious. Um, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't get 53 new guys. Um, no. there's only so much change you can do, but you certainly can be aggressive in, in trying to reshape it and, and not kind of, you know, do little deals here and there. But I mean, it, you're right. I mean, this thing needs an aggressive mindset in terms of how you're going to fix the, the roster. And I, I feel, I feel like we uh, uh, far too often fall back on the word rebuild, which I don't, which I'd like to dismiss like that, that word is negative words. So, yeah. It's a negative, so word. negative yeah. but yeah. reset, retool, Pick a more yeah. positive word, which is fine, yeah. but that's what this this te- team needs. And look, this team took a shot too; like they took their shot. The cousin signing was taking a big time shot. It didn't work, and I get that. But but you know, at some point in time, in, in the evolution of what the Vikings did, it's going to fall apart, and mm-hmm. it has now. And what you need to do is not grasp at well, if we could just bring back Harrison Smith because we really like him and love. No, um, the entire reason to bring in a new coach, new GM, new front office football operations people is predicated on doing exactly that. And so 
So that's why I'm very excited. I'm not excited because I think it's going to work perfect and they're going to win a Super Bowl. We have no idea. I have no clue. I'm excited because much like with teams in this town, this is not the first time um, that we've seen it's necessary to bring in fresh blood to make decisions. And that in itself to me as a curious sports fan is the most interesting thing. Yeah. And I'm curious to see like Quasi and his staff that he puts together. And I assume they do this like as attach value to positions in terms of monetary, like which he likes doing. Yeah. And, and remember, I remember when, when, when uh, Zimmer, the, the, Preseason, I think it was the, uh, the coaches meeting. He was on meeting somewhere. Someone asked him about having Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris and all that money. He's like, "Well, yeah, it's not, it's not ideal to have that much tied up in the safety because if you were ranking the position on defense, safety wouldn't be at the top." And it's like he was almost admitting like this was a flawed. No, <laughs> this he was did. a flawed I idea. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was, I think it was the year. Did they franchise Anthony Harris? What was it they did yes, that year? Yes, it was. Yes, yes. which, which and, was yeah, a yeah. monumental mistake. So it was that spring yep. in owner meeting, and, and Zimmer got asked about it, and he said, yeah, if you're ranking defensive positions, safety would not be at the top of them. Yep. But yet they had tied up a lot of money in that position, and, and so it'll be curious to see the different philosophies that that this regime has and, and if that uh, dictates – Roster moves if they're like, you know what, we can't have this much money tied up in a running back or safety or a linebacker or, you know, whatever, however they do it. Um, and if that kind of guides their decision making and, and how they handle some of these veterans that are, you know, have pretty big contracts. And I, I think the thing too is great players and star players are, are stars. Like, Jefferson's a star player and he's going to be good for a long time and it's going to be fun to watch him. But I don't, but I think what you have to do is you have to have, especially a GM who's able to separate himself uh, so that when a player does start to decline or just because you like him, you can't just say we're keeping him. I I mean, Zimmer for, for all his faults, um, unfortunately for, for him, I think one big fault was loyalty, especially to defensive guys. Right. And mm-hmm. and he doesn't have and didn't have that Belichickian gene to say I like you but you're gone, um, yeah. And so that's going to be and and I don't I think it's going to bother some fans here because I think that they are going to start to cut bait on guys who are more popular and have been probably yeah. kept here in the past. But one thing in this sport is it's far better to cut a guy or trade a guy a year early than to wait and continue to pay him. And then it's just like um, um, a weight on your roster. Well, yeah, you're right. And that that's, uh, I mean, Belichick was genius of that. I mean, it's, it's ruthless, you know, but it, I mean, they're, they're the masters of getting a guy a year early than a year late. And that's kind of the old adage in, in, in the NFL. Um, and it, it does take hard decisions, but it takes, a Billy Garen-esque move to say, you know what? Guess what? Yeah, everybody knows I'm getting rid of Zach Parisi, but I'm getting rid of Ryan Suter too. And and you think, yeah, that's kind of crazy, or that's 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 bold, you know. But um, guess what? It worked. <laughs> it was the right move. It, oh, 100%. Yeah, it impacted so, the room. 
It impacted yeah. the room. And, and Garen's point, too, because he, he took a ton of heat for, well, the salary cap hits are going to be, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? And his point, and he's right, was, guys, we're going to have to pay the piper at some point. We're just yeah. going, we're, we're electing to do it now. But he, he's like, there's no, like, like, it wasn't like Suits was magically going to disappear from the cap because he stayed here. <laughs> and, but, yeah. but, though, but those are the type of decisions, like, I feel like the whole Kirk thing has turned into, I don't know, a political, at times religious, but a very personalized discussion. And my point is, it's not. You're talking about a player. And does he, can he do his job on the field and off? And that's all that matters. Not not what his beliefs are or, or aren't. I don't care about that. Can you win me games? And are you doing things right? And in Suter's case, he was bought out largely because they felt off the ice he was doing damage. Yeah, and and um, I think a lot of it, not just Cousins, but in these situations, Judd, I think it's the fear of the unknown. But that's where right? you got to go. Oh, you could, you, could, you could get. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you, you can't allow that to, to paralyze you in decision-making. You, you can't allow that to be like, well, who's going to be the quarterback? Or what if you draft the next ponder? Or what if, right. you know, you just get a guy who's not as good as Cousins. It's like, well, then go pick another line of business because if you're going to be paralyzed by the unknown, then, then you're not going to be able to pull the trigger on these deals that, that you have to pull the trigger on. Yes, and Rick Spielman – is no longer in the building. Now, if now if Rick had stayed and said, Rick Spielman's going to draft you your next QB, I would have said, you're crazy. That's no! a bad idea. <laughs> no. My fear, my fear there on a scale of 1 to 10 would have been a 12. But he's gone. <laughs> and so, yes, you are, you are hiring new people because you're confident. In fact, I tweeted something in the past week about Kevin O'Connell, because I've read this, one of his calling cards is abilities with quarterbacks and to identify them and i tweeted that out and i've got these notes back you don't know that he's never what do you know about his ability my point was if you've decided kevin o'connell can't find or can't help to find your next qb then call him up and tell him stay with the right arm yeah exactly right (laughs) so but but there's all of these things at work here and and look rick spielman i think a big part of the truthful reason why he was fired was quarterbacks. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, so yeah, so like you're you're exactly that's right. his legacy. Yeah, and, and some of it was not his fault. I mean, you can't help that Teddy blew out his knee. Now, was Teddy ever going to be the guy that that they envisioned? I don't but know. Cousins, but but Cousins didn't work, and that is his and fault. He got to ponder, and he yeah, kind of chased he chased you know things there for a while. But that that to me that is a big part of Kevin O'Connell. Like the whole interview process. I and hope so. Like, hey, hey, man, and 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 Quasey too is like, huh? how are you going to find the franchise quarterback? I mean, how are you going to get that guy? Because, I mean, unless you're just great everywhere else, like Matthew Stafford, I think he's a fine quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I don't, you know, but you you know you surround him with that defense and different things and the scheme and and structure and everything, and he's in the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, are you going to find a Joe Burrow? You're going to have to draft probably top five to get him. But look what he's done for that franchise. You know, look at – look at think about how the people of Cincinnati feel about their organization right now for the next 10 years with that guy as your quarterback. And so, yeah. you know, this is, this is going to be – it's not the only thing, but it's a huge component of whether this regime, Quasey and Kevin O'Connor, are going to succeed or fail. 
is whether they can get that right. O'Connell is being hired largely because of that. It's that simple. Yes. Like there's no other, well, he's got a lot of intangibles with uh, left tackles. You should see him with left tackles. <laughs> he's being hired because you trust that he can help you. And and the thing too, and I think people get, they don't get confused because it's obvious, but I think it gets buried is this one. It's not just Joe Burrow. It's also the contract. You yes. know, you yeah. know, it, like, like the we best thing talk- in sports, the best thing in sports, a great quarterback on a rookie contract. Exactly. But the Kirk, the Kirk fans get so threatened by, by that as if you're attacking Kirk, I'm attacking any quarterback who's, who eats up way too much cap space and can't clearly win you games. Like the statement, the win loss statistic being attached to a quarterback is unfair is probably true. Unfortunately, when the quarterback is going to make a large, a very significant portion of your cap, I have no choice but to attach that. The only way to get around that is to unattach that and have a quarterback who's on a rookie contract. So, like, this is where the dance lies in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is where it becomes extremely important. Uh, I will say this, Chipper, in retrospect now. In fact, this might be a column for you. In a retrospect now, the 2018 or 19, whatever year Jalen Ramsey, I think it was 19, was traded. Mm-hmm. Collar and I said back then, the Vikings should go get him and pay the price. And I yeah, yeah. and and here's why: the window of opportunity and the assumptions about that. Right, the Rams chased him, and look, they're they're crippled now with draft picks. I don't even know that I would want yeah. to beat be them. But you know what they're preparing yeah. for a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, the Vikings, the Vikings almost like went into the shallow end with Kirk. But then yeah. it's like, no, go deeper, go, and they're like, oh no, no, we can't do that. We can't give up our our picks. The it, it's as if Rick was trying to serve uh, the development yeah. master yeah. and and yeah. the in now master. And it's interesting that the Rams have, have been like, screw it, we are in, and it's going to cost them at some point. Well, but that's the have, thing. They're like, but if they have the Lombardi the, Trophy, do they give a crap? That's the thing. It's like that parade will be worth it. Don't worry about what comes next. You know, we'll rebuild in time. And no, they I mean they hey, they went all in. I mean, just absolutely went all in, and 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 we're going to have to pay for it in the future. But you're right. If you have this moment of history and joy, and um, now they got to win. It's if they don't win it. It's going to feel um, like a kick in the shins. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the Vikings went, and we you know we felt like they went all in with coming. I mean, hell, you come off a. Of, you know, NFC championship game appearances and you go spend that kind of money on a quarterback. I, I feel like that's all in. It's just, um, subsequently mismanaged the roster. Yes. And, and it just, yeah. it's, it, it, it created too many flaws in the roster that they just, you know, weren't able to overcome. And so that to me, this is the most fascinating and not, you know, Obviously, we have a whole regime change we haven't had in 12 years or how long uh, Spielman was here. It, it's going to be fascinating, but um, this just feels like a crossroads moment for the Vikings. Yes, and it's time to stop trying to serve two masters. Like you can say, we're trying to win, uh, but if you really do that, and then you're like, but we got to rebuild too a little bit or retool. It's time. It's time to have an administration and a coaching staff that says, "Here's the plan." 
the Vikings sort of lost the plan. Yeah. Like the plan was we're going to draft 15. I mean, we're, you know, Rick was drafting 15 or 12 guys. And at the meantime, and, and Mike wouldn't play them. And so. Like, no, it, it, it felt it felt like they got thrown in. They're just doggy paddling, trying to stay afloat. You know, I mean, the that's what the last couple of years have felt like. The third, yeah, round, it, it, the third round picks are all like on, on milk once, cartons. Yeah. Once you remove yourself from it and you kind of look back the last couple of years, it's like, man, it just felt like they were grasping at straws, like just trying to tread water to stay afloat. And so reset, that's exactly what you said. Reset this roster uh, in a way that really gives you flexibility to try to move forward 2023, 2024, 2025. Amen, brother. All right. What are you going to be drinking uh, during the big game on, on Sunday? Are you going to oh, be sure. drinking I'm one curious. of these? Oh, yes. I'm making a trip to Kansas to see the daughter and, and taking a KU oh, basketball you. game on Saturday up early to drive back for Super Bowl on Sunday. But you guarantee Friday afternoon before I head out, um, there will be a beer run to get my Surly Furious to make sure I'm stocked up. I got a, I got a small suggestion. And it's not, a, it's not huge, but it's small. Surly Variety Pack is out. And I'm going to give you one of the four beers right now. It's fantastic. Hyper Modern Idaho 7 IPA. Okay? Really? Yes, yes. It, it is described as the tropical citrus divide with notes of melon, pineapple, and tangerine. Um, mm. I, I tried it because I, I was like, that's, you know, that sounds okay. There are people tried this, like brewed this, home run. Genius. Give it a try. I'm dead I'll serious. It. It's really good. It's really good. I'll look forward. I'll look All forward. right, sir. Enjoy uh, enjoy KU, and I'll talk to you next week, Chip Scoggins. All right, brother. We'll see you. Yeah, bye.